Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Well, we are excited today. We have a special guest, a multi-passionate, creative entrepreneur fueled mostly by coffee, aren't we all? Victoria Dewerstock pursues her dreams with verve and intensity. She's a wife and mom of three, and Victoria divides and conquers the never-ending to-do list while working to maintain her sanity and pleasant demeanor. She's worked from home, homeschooled, and launched various businesses over the last 12 years. She's currently on a fascinating writing journey, which has plunged her deep in the social media landscape, and she enjoys sharing her tips and tricks for growth and engagement with others. She has released two beautiful new books this fall with Skyhorse Publishing. One is called Extraordinary Hospitality for Ordinary Christians, a radical approach to preparing your heart and home for gospel-centered community, and the other one is called Advent Devotions and Christmas Crafts for Families. And we're going to be paying particular attention to that one today. And here are wise words from Victoria that we can all take to heart. She says, I can't be the Holy Spirit for my children. Only God can do that. But what a comfort to know that he loves them so perfectly and will do for them and in them and through them so much more than I ever could. Oh, how I love that, ladies. We can't love them perfectly, but God can. That is so good. And she goes on to say, the challenges of motherhood are different in each season. If our focal point doesn't remain firmly fixed on Christ, we're going to struggle. But when we firmly plant our gaze on him, though everything doesn't automatically become easier, we find our strength coming from him to deal with whatever lies ahead. Amen. Such good truth. And I know Jamie and I are eager to chat with Victoria today and glean from her wisdom. Now, September isn't with us today, but Jamie and I are ready to get started. So it's such a pleasure to have you on the Mom to Mom podcast today, Victoria. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's get right to it. Now, this year, perhaps more than ever before, because of all the craziness that this year has put everyone through with the pandemic and the election and all the upheaval, we're really focusing more on the reason for the season. So how do we slow down and focus and really encourage our families and children to slow down amidst all the turbulence in the world? Well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me on today. It's such an honor to be here with y'all. And um, I just, I treasure this opportunity to have this conversation with y'all. Um, this has been such a year, and I know that's like the understatement of, of the century, but it is, it has been massively difficult to um, stay focused, and this was one of the topics that I really kind of started in on when I was writing Heart and Home, the, the first set of books that I really had the opportunity to put my heart into, and the basics of design have to do many times with a focal point, having something in the room that gets your eyes drawn to it. And the really neat thing about a focal point is that it releases tension because you have a place to land. And then as I thought about how that relates to our, our Christian walk, having a focal point of Jesus, of Christ, of God in our lives, 
isn't he the place where we want to land and have that rest and lack of tension? I mean, it was just such this uh, wonderful thing as I was writing to just explore the opportunity of being focused. And that's been my challenge this year in 2020 is staying focused on him. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And he is the one I need to keep um, in constant contact with. And so it becomes this really purposeful, intentional, and I hate to use words that get used all the time, but I don't know of a better word to choose in this instance, but it, it, it has to be a purposeful decision to stay focused on him, even when everything else is chaos around us. Yeah, because we can't control our circumstances. We can only control our reaction to our circumstances and how we sit in all of that. That's so good. Yeah. My reactions tend to not be very holy either many times. And so uh, I have to constantly refocus and remind myself, you know, that I have to stay focused on him. And I love how you take design elements of, of the focal point and Jesus, it has to be our focal point. I mean, if he's not, then what's the point of all this? That's, I just love that. So how do we prepare our hearts and homes? I mean, how do we do that to celebrate Christ during the holidays? How do we just kind of simplify and because that's, that, that, that is the point. So how do we just get rid of all the nonsense and crazy and just kind of simplify and make him the, the focal point? Well, I think it starts with us. You know, we we are the the ones in the home who end up making most of the design decisions, most of the um, extra responsibilities we take on in the season. We we are the ones that kind of control how that flows. And if we are not being very intentional to stay in God's word during a busy season, if we are not saying this is important and I'm going to spend my time here before I go into the rest of my day, then then we can't be surprised when the rest of the day is, you know, like a tilt-a-whirl and we come off of it feeling like we're more stressed and worse for wear. So I think it, it begins with us, it begins in our hearts, and it begins with just maybe preparing the night before. It's one of my favorite things to do is getting the coffee maker ready because I need to be able just to push a button in the morning when my eyes don't want to open. It requires me to get up before the rest of the household does so that I have a few moments to myself and um, that time to sit and be present with with God in the morning. If I don't do that, and, and morning's not necessarily like the requirement, right? We can still do this in the evening. We can do this any time of day. But I think the purpose of setting aside a place, setting aside a time, preparing in advance, I have a blanket that's close by so I can wrap up in it while I'm waking up. You know, those little things help me look forward to getting myself out of bed and getting going and waking up with God each morning. So I think we can um, prepare in advance and it, it really does start in our hearts um, because we will overflow into the home. And in the busyness of a season, if I'm also taking on too many tasks, if I'm saying yes to too many things and I'm not letting God control you know, the surroundings and I take on too much, then I'm stressed and overwhelmed and I relay that into the rest of my family. Yeah. And if you're listening with us and you'd like some, maybe some help to get you started in the practice of meeting with God in the morning, you know, if this is a brand new thing, be sure to swing back to episode 15, where we share some really great ideas for how to do that and, and still be a busy mom, you know, how to carve out that time and be purposeful with that, whether it's morning or afternoon, evening, it really doesn't matter. Obviously, you know, starting in the morning and, and getting that focus right out of the gate is great, but that's not always in everyone's 
um, capacity. So be sure to check out episode 15 if you need some ideas. You know, Victoria, I, I can see where that is so very helpful for the mom leading into this season, but how can she transfer that same heart posture to her kids? Do you have any ideas or tips for the mom who um, would like to engage in her kids, um, learning about the real reason for the season and um, focusing on Advent as we step into, you know, all our Christmas celebrations? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, I think that's part of the the reason for the Advent devotions and Christmas crust for families. Um, When Heart and Home for Christmas came out last year, I'd have um, moms that would write and say, the pictures are beautiful, but I love sitting and I love reading, you know, the short devotionals with my family in the morning before they scurry off and, and go, you know, to school or to whatever they're doing for the day. And even little ones, you know, I have pictures of little ones hunched over looking at the pictures because they loved the, the gifts, they loved the decorating, they just loved looking at the pictures. And so when I went to my publisher, I said, is there any way we could do a heart and home for kids? You know, because I would just love to do something more along the line for, for younger children to be able to participate. And I said, instead of design, we could really kind of do crafts. You know, maybe it's something where we sit and we use our hands and that's probably the homeschool mom and me that kind of came out and said, you know, let's do something, give them something to do that's fun and gets the children involved, but then we can talk to their hearts at the same time. I've been accused of that. Um, my children tell me all the time, I always buy gifts with a purpose. And, um, and that's the homeschool part of me again. You know, I'd always buy the educational games and stuff. And they have always just um, teased me mercilessly about that. But I always thought it was a great idea um, to do something together that would be educational and fun at the same time. And and that's, that was the point of Advent devotions and Christmas crafts for families. There are crafts, but there is a short devotional to read together and questions, you know, that, that parents can ask children and get their responses. And it's, um, it's just really come together beautifully. And, and it's more than I even anticipated when I proposed the project. So it's, it's really exciting to see how God moved in, in, in that project. And I believe it will be really a, an easy way for moms and dads to be able to sit and work with their children. Yeah, it sounds like a two birds, one stone kind of situation because most of us want to do, you know, Christmas crafts during this season anyway. But if we can combine that with some really meaningful um, heart conversations and be in the word together, that, that sounds like a great resource. Well, with that, I think that Christmas can often feel like a, a very meaningful time, even a Christ-filled time, Christ-filled season for the kids and even for our spouse, but it can sometimes feel really vastly different for us moms. We wear a lot of extra hats at this time of year. Typically, you know, we're the bakers, the wrappers, the shoppers, the crafters, the decorators, the party planners, and the list goes on and on and on. And we can often get so busy doing that we have no actual time to just be, you know, to really enjoy the Christmas season ourselves. We're kind of the magic makers. Do you have any organizational tips or tricks that can help a mom focus on her heart during this season, even stepping outside of her devotional time and carrying that over throughout the rest of the day, something that will, will maybe um, make it easier for her to carry all those hats and still be present and, and um, focused herself? 
Yeah, I think that's, that's, I think that's the question we ask ourselves every year, right? Is, is how do we do this better? You know, I'm, I'm one of those um, Martha's, it's a hard thing for me to learn to rest. It's hard for me to not do all the time. And the thing that God just continues to drive home for me, especially in a busy season is to um, not say yes. I'm, I'm just a yes girl. And if somebody comes and I'm capable, so if I'm capable of getting things done, I feel like I need to, you know, like it's my job. And I think that for moms in general, we have to maybe step back and analyze how will this affect everything else? Like if I say yes to this, how does this affect what I can say yes to in the future? Does this, is this a short-term commitment? I feel like I can accomplish this without hurting my family. And I think maybe that's been the biggest change for me is I, I stop for a minute before I just instantly say, yes, I can do that. No problem. You know, I'm get it done. Uh, I will stop and I will say, you know, what will this mean in a, in a month if I'm still working on this or I'm still serving here or I'm still, because there's a lot of things we can say yes to that are good things. It's, it's often for me, not a choice between something good and bad. It's, it's always the choice between something good and something best that God has for me. And I tend to choose the goods and I get to choosing for best and I don't have time. And so I think especially during Christmas season, it's learning to kind of step back and, and maybe don't say yes right away and evaluate how will this really affect the rest of my family in a month, in two months, or on Christmas day? Will I be overwhelmed and stressed out? Or should I say no to protect my time with my family? I love that, Victoria. I've always said that good is the enemy of the best. Yes. You know, it is. And we, we, and I'm that way too. I'll say yes to it because I can do it. And it's like, I just have to step back and say, Lord, do you want me to do this? Is this your best for me? Is this your will? And a lot of times it's just, he's saying no, you know, and I have to get that conviction in my spirit. Is this the way you want me to go and really listen to the Lord? And sometimes he's saying no to something I want to say yes to. And if I say yes to it, I'm, I'm going to find out later on that I should have listened. I really shouldn't have said yes to that. So that's great advice. We just need to take that step back. Like you said, pause, take a minute, take a breath and ask him and, and, and then do what he says. I think too, just focusing on like asking the question, what are my priorities here? Even before we hit the season, you know, right now is the time before we get into the craziness mm -hmm. of Christmas. Right now is the time to sit down with your spouse or your kids and determine what are the most important things to us here? Because then when you get bombarded with all these invitations and these requests that are good, you can lay them over your predetermined, you know, objectives and a lot of them will just fall away because yeah. they're not in line with what you had determined you wanted to do to begin with. And that really helps you to make some decisions. It helps to sort of get rid of the guilt in saying no, because you just know you have to acknowledge that really doesn't match up with my why here. You know, why am I doing this? What do yeah. I want to do with this season? And maybe even look back at last year and think, boy, what were those things that I said, I am not doing that again next year, that you're going to get sucked into this year that you said, oh, darn it, I said I wouldn't do that. And here I am doing it again, you know, because we all, it's so easy to get trapped by all these things of the season that are good and that are fun, but that are just too much. So I think you're right, Jamie, now is the time. It's early November. Let's really take a look at what's coming and make those decisions now before, before the crazy kicks in. 
Imagine the world change that would take place if we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes. If we spent just as much time praying as we do providing perfect childhoods, perfect days, perfect dinners. Our kids need perfection, that's true, but it won't ever be found in us. That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in Scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to His Word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, who will be? So Victoria, how can we use our homes to help us focus on God? Often we don't start with the right um, perspective on our homes and how they can be used for glorifying God in our, in our walk and in our lives. I think everything that we have can be leveraged into use for him and for spreading the word of the kingdom. I just believe that with my whole heart. So I believe that my home isn't for me. Um, I don't believe my home is for me to be comfortable and for me to be, um, you know, just living, (laughs) living a comfortable life. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that, um, the home that we live in is to be leveraged and opened for others. And of course, in this season, it's even harder than ever to communicate this message when we're all told to stay home and stay away from people. So this is very difficult, but but our home can be used, especially at Christmas time, to be able to declare the truth of what the Christmas season is for friends, for relatives, for, for even neighbors or strangers who might come across our path if we have Um, the opportunity to welcome people in our homes, having Bible verses um, on the walls, having the word peace and hope and joy, the things that are characteristic of Christmas, being ornaments on the tree or being um, little things that are knickknacks that we put out at Christmas time. I have a friend who has a manger that she likes to put out um, on her kitchen table. And there's not a baby in it. There's not a lot of other things. It's a very natural kind of look. But when people ask, she just has the opportunity to be able to um, talk about that. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. That's, that's how it should be. Because I'm a big person for hospitality. I mean, I love to have people over. That's one of my things. Not everybody does. If someone's more of an introvert, having people over scares them. You know, that's just, oh, I don't know how I can do that. My house is a mess or whatever. And I just tell them, don't even worry about that. So moms don't even mind if they come in and you have laundry strung from, you know, ceiling to sofa, you know, they'll come in and help you fold probably because we've been there and done that. You know, we know what that's like. We know what it's like to have the sleepless nights when the baby's sick or, you know, whatever. And so when we keep people out, um, you know, we keep, we keep relationships at bay. We're not, you know, we can't develop relationships with people and tell them we love them and that God loves them if we're keeping people away from us, if we're not being vulnerable and open. And and my home's not perfect all the time. And and people come in and sometimes I cringe, you know, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> that I, you know, what I made for lunch, you know, or dinner or whatever. Um, but but 
I don't think people come in expecting perfect. And if they do, then they'll be terribly disappointed in my home. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, too bad. I'm like, well, this is what you get. But but just be willing to step out. And Christmas is the perfect season for hospitality. This is the time. Just put a pot of soup on the stove. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a five-course meal. Just do something. Bake a cake. Make a whatever it is that you like to cook. Just do something and invite people in or take something to a neighbor. Just do something. This is the time of year for that. So I'm wondering, girls, if if you could share, if there's something in your house, a decoration or a tradition or something apart from, you know, the typical, the typical Christmas tree or, you know, nativity scene, is there something in your house that has sparked some of those gospel conversations as you've had people over or something, maybe a tradition that you've done? Um, so I, we have the ornaments on the tree that say hope and peace and joy. And those are always great, um, conversations because they're about, they're five or six inches. So they get definitely get your attention. They're large. Um, we definitely have the nativity scenes out. And like I said, the, the mangers and things like that always get the conversation started. And it is always great to be able to have a gospel conversation around the real meaning of Christmas. How about you, Kate? Yeah, the manger scene. I mean, the main thing with the grandkids is explaining that, going over that each year, because as they're getting older, they're starting to ask more questions. And now we can go through the Advent story and, you know, start to do that each week and talk about those things. And that that's exciting just to, because our, our other traditions are all funny things, silly things, you know, little things you do with kids. But the manger, that that's that's the big one. And the Christmas story and really getting that hitting home with that and letting that get into them so that they fully understand what Christmas is about. I think there's two things that we can remember when we're, when we're trying to nurture a home atmosphere that invites people into the true meaning of the season, especially for those who are um, not believers, who don't have experience with gospel-centered living and, and maybe don't even have experience with Jesus, is one, if you have family traditions that you do perhaps daily, like an Advent countdown or maybe daily devotionals um, centered around Advent, if you have people over to your house, continue to do those traditions. You know, just kindly say, you know, we typically do X, Y, or Z around the table at dinner. Um, would would you mind if we continued that? Would you like to participate with us? And for the most part, anytime we've ever done that in our house, people are eager to step into that with us, even if they don't really have a frame of reference for what Advent is. Um, so continue on with your traditions and just invite those who are at your home to step into those with you. And then, you know, the ladies mentioned their nativity scenes. I think it's wonderful to have a beautiful nativity scene that is kind of the centerpiece of your season. But then also with that, Think about, you know, finding even, even a, a nativity scene from a thrift shop, even if it's a nice one or a plastic one or something that is, is, is more hands-on for little ones that you can put that down at their level and invite them to come and play with it. There's something, um, there's something that happens when a child, you know, has some kinesthetic interaction with a nativity scene. And we, ha when we have these beautiful, really expensive crushes that we put out in their glass or porcelain or whatever, and we never allow a child to pick it up and play with it, it sort of creates this hands-off divide between them and the story of Christ. So if you have a really nice one, which we do, I inherited my mom's that's, you know, over a hundred pieces and it's beautiful, but it usually just sits there. So then I was able to find, you know, a cheap plastic one that can be down on the floor at a child's level and they can have some real interaction with it and, and tell the story in their own words and have you retell it to them. 
That's a great idea, Jamie. I like that. And I'm sure there are ones available. You can probably get something on Amazon that's plastic. So Victoria, what tips do you have for the non-DIY mom? What are some of those easy, inexpensive ways that she can transform her home for the holidays yet still keep the focus on Christ? Well, I'm kind of half and half, you know, like I'm, I can do a few of those little crappy things. My mom is so much better at it than I am. She can make all kinds of things. I'm kind of half and half kind of like to buy some things and some things I like to try to make. Um, but I think some of the easy things to do um, with the children, especially, and for me as a perfectionist, this is always the challenge of letting them do the activities and letting them create it the way they want to. Uh, so hands off mamas, you know, let them create, but I think uh, just craft paper as wrapping paper is one of my favorite things for the non DIY mom, you can get just rolls and rolls of craft brown craft paper that's plain and then you let them go to town decorating them. See, this gets them involved in the gift giving process too, which I think is really important because when they get excited to give gifts, it's just the sweetest, most precious thing. When, when they're always looking to get and receive, it's a little bit different. But when they can get excited about someone receiving a gift from them, and especially if something's been decorated by them, whether it's rubber stamps, whether it's paint, those really cool markers. They've got markers that have silver and gold metallics in them now and wrap them in ribbons and really just have fun with the wrapping process. I think that that's one of my favorite non-DIY um, gifts to tell people to do because it's easy. It doesn't require you being perfect and it really puts a personal touch for, for children on them. What are some, some of the crafts that are in, in your book, in your Advent book? Well, some of them have to do with baking certain treats. Some of them are making gifts in a jar uh, where you can actually have the children assemble all the ingredients, put the little tags on and being able to give them away. We make soap, we make scrubs, uh, we have cookies, um, puppy chow mix, um, painting the rocks, beads uh, on garland. There's one craft for every devotional. And so because it covers December 1st, through December uh, 24th, there are 24 different crafts that are all, my prayer is not too hard uh, for the average person to be able to accomplish. And in this season of uh, chaos uh, with COVID and not being able to necessarily get all the supplies you want, hopefully the, the supplies will be relatively easy to purchase as well. Oh, I love that. Those sound like great ideas. I mean, those sound like things I can do. I can sit with my grandkids and do them. Those, <laughs> they sound wonderful. And I've, I've seen your book online and, and it looks just beautiful, a gorgeous, gorgeous book. So we will put a link to it. We'll have a link to both, to all of your books on, on the mom to mom podcast website. So we'll have that for, for the moms to take a look at and hopefully get. So well, Victoria, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And you know, the holidays will be here before we know it. And now is the perfect time to begin preparing our hearts for the Advent season, finding small ways each day to embrace the beauty of the birth of Christ and to engage our children in ways that will encourage them to keep Christ as the focus this Christmas season. It is so easy to get overwhelmed and let the craziness of the season take over. And we have to be intentional. And now is the perfect time before the rush of the holidays arrives to make a plan and to determine what's important to your family and what can we implement to make Christmas meaningful and not just a holiday about consumerism. Christmas is the beautiful fulfillment of the promises God made that he would make a way for us to draw near to him. 
You know, it begins, Advent begins four Sundays before December 25th, and this year it will begin on November 29th, the Sunday right after Thanksgiving. And for those four weeks, it's as if we're reenacting the thousands of years that God's people were waiting for the coming of God's promised son. Advent means coming, and that's what we're celebrating, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world as a tiny babe in the manger. But glory to God, we aren't the ones who are waiting anymore. We have the greatest reason in the world to celebrate. We get to rejoice in his birth and share in the joy the shepherds must have felt when they found him in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you'll subscribe and leave us a review and follow us over on Instagram and Facebook. So see you next time on the Mom to Mom podcast.